Hey, this is Kat Lee, and you're listening to the How They Blog podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with inspiring bloggers and show you how to build a blog that makes a difference. After you listen to this episode, head over to howtheyblog.com for all the show notes, more interviews, and resources to help you grow your blog. Hey, my blogging friends. Welcome to another episode of the How They Blog podcast. Today, we are talking all about email lists. I know maybe if you're just getting started in blogging, that sounds either overwhelming or boring, but I promise you it is a core element of any successful blog. And today on the show, I have Amy Lynn Andrews, and she is pretty much the queen of newsletters. She even coined her own term called the use letter. And we're going to talk all about that in today's show. And we're going to walk you through some of the steps and tools that you can take and that you can use to build your email list. And we're also going to talk about why you want one and what the difference is between an email list and an RSS feed and, and all of that stuff. So I feel like this is a really, really essential show for you to listen to in your in, in your blogging journey because when it all comes down when you have someone's email you can get in touch with them you never know when somebody's going to stop by your blog you never know when somebody's going to listen to your podcast but if you can connect with them via email you can get in touch with them to offer them the wisdom and knowledge and encouragement that you have to share and it's just an essential way to connect with your reader now, I mentioned in the last episode that I was going to be giving away a copy of my blog planning kit to somebody who left a comment on that podcast in the show notes over at howtheyblog.com. And I said I was going to share the winner in this episode, but the thing is, is that I try to be ahead a little bit on podcasts. So in order to give you guys a full week to listen to the episode, to head over to the blog, to leave a comment, I'm actually going to share the name of the winner in today's post. So while you're listening to this, just click real quick over to howtheyblog.com and I'll leave the name of the winner in the post. And I will also email the, the winner as well. So don't worry, I'll get in touch with you if you won. But if you're curious about who won, head over to howtheyblog.com and check out the comments um, or, or check out the show notes and I will announce the winner there. Now, let's jump into today's interview with Amy Lynn Andrews. And if you have any follow-up questions, leave them in the comments at uh, the blog at howtheyblog.com. Let me know what your questions are because I do feel like this is a core element of blogging and one not really talked about all that often. And I want to answer your questions. Honestly, I don't know everything about it either. And, you know, neither does Amy Lynn, neither does really anybody else. But it's a very important discussion for us to have. So if you have any questions about it, leave them in the comments. We can do a follow-up episode later on to dig deeper into this and to figure out how to effectively use email to grow our blogs and to impact more people and make a difference in the world. Here we go. Hey, Amy. Hi, Kat. How are you? I am good. Uh, just to give a little behind the scenes to everybody listening, this is actually our third hello, our third attempt <laughs> to say hi because we couldn't adequately say hi and press record at the same time <laughs> for three tries. So, um, yeah. How are you today, Amy? I am doing well. Yeah, not not bad at all. The weather's a little bit warmer, so that is right up my alley. Oh, good. Yeah, but it's supposed to snow in a few days here in Texas. So I'm in Texas, as some of you listening might know, and Amy is in Texas as well. And it's there's a chance of snow on Thursday, which I know for me is a huge deal. I'm almost as excited as the kids. Oh, really? Okay, I see. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Because it was 70 yesterday, so that means that, of course, in a few days— <laughs> There should be a chance for snow. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Right. Texas weather. We've yes. learned that. Yes, we have <laughs> learned that that's the way it goes here. 
Um, and also for all of y'all listening, if I sound a little bit like Steve Urkel or I don't know who I sound like, but we also have a thing called cedar trees in Texas and in central Texas, it's like pollen central. I heard that in Austin, actually not just heard, I actually read this on a credible news source. The fire department got several calls uh, last week because people thought trees were on fire when in actuality it was just all of the pollen being released from the trees that it looked like smoke. Are you serious? I am serious. Like, not just one or two. They got several, several phone calls from people. Wow. That is, that's crazy. Yeah. So being that I am highly allergic to cedar, I sound like this. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's one of those things where you can't tell if you sound different in your ears than to other people as well. But to me, I sound really funky. So bear with us as we uh, we chat and, and, and talk. But today we are actually talking about something having nothing to do with Texas weather or allergies. Uh, <laughs> we're actually going to be talking about something relevant to blogging, and that's newsletters. Amy recently started something that she calls a use letter. Now, help me pronounce that right. Is it use letter or use letter? That's uh, use letter, like use letter. something that you can use, Got right? It. Got it. Yeah. So, it's, and it's also a nice little play on words from newsletter, use letter. That's right. so clever. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, so, and, and you're really diving into it. Like I've seen lots of bloggers do newsletters before, but it's all pretty traditional in the, you know, I don't know, just the corporate-y kind of look and feel to it and, and use of it. But you're doing something a little bit different with your use letter and, and you're really not it's not like some little I feel like newsletters are normally something of an afterthought but there's a ton of detail and a ton of really quality content that goes into your newsletter so what made you decide to start that when you already have actually at the time two blogs what made you decide to start a newsletter well i had up until that point read multiple times that one of the things that bloggers who had become successful would say that they regretted was not having started a, an email list sooner. So I mulled that over in my brain for quite a while and came to the realization that it really makes a lot of sense. If you think about everything that you do online, the content you produce, your blog, anything that you produce on social media, photos that you upload to Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, all of those could be considered digital assets, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for us to be concerned and be aware of the digital assets that we have and to make sure that the digital assets that we have are ones that we have as much control over as possible. So let's say, for example, I'm posting a lot of content on Facebook. This is something that I see a lot of bloggers do. They will write long, beautiful posts on Facebook. And, and they're wonderful, and people are responding to them and that sort of thing. But the problem is, is that Facebook is probably not going to be around forever. And as much as Facebook is part of our lives and that sort of thing, I think that we have to realize when we're posting that type of content on, on, a, on a site like Facebook, we don't own it. And so we don't have control over it. 
So if Facebook decides one day to shut down your page or Facebook goes away for some reason, like MySpace did back in the day, (laughs) you know, um, you know, all of that content is basically gone unless you have, you know, been diligent about backing it up, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't think that most people think about doing that. Mm So, to me, I thought, you know what? It makes sense to have something that I have control over. Now, you know, you don't have 100% control over everything, but, um, you know, you would have, I have a lot more control over the people on my email list because now I have, I have those emails. I can contact them at any time. I don't have to wait for them to come to me. I can contact them if I need to. Right. And, and you don't have to worry about an algorithm change on it, Facebook. Exactly right. And I think one of the one of one really interesting um scenarios that I saw go down recently was on Pat Flynn's blog. I know you read Pat Flynn and Smart Passive Income is mm-hmm. where he blogs. He had an incident, I forget when it was, but a couple of months ago, and his blog basically went down for, I believe it was about a week, seven or eight days, I want to say. Now, you can imagine for somebody like Pat Flynn, who makes literally, uh, oh, I I mean, makes like $50,000 a month at the minimum. Yeah, right. I mean, a month, I mean, that's a huge income source. So, if if you break it down, you say, you know, in a week, just from his blog, he makes, or, you know, I know not all 50K is coming from his blog directly, but the vast majority of it is coming from his blog directly. So let's say you're even making five to $10,000 a week, right, on his, from his blog directly. You know, that's a pretty big chunk of change that he's lost. Pretty big. If his, yeah, you know, <laughs> if his blog is, is down for a week. Yeah. And I remember him saying afterwards, I was so, so grateful that I had my email list because that whole time my blog was down, it was out of my control. I was working behind the scenes like crazy to try to get it back up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I was able to contact my readers via my email list and let them know what was going on and give them updates about when it was coming back up and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and even if his blog crashed and for some reason died altogether and never came back up, he could still move on technically and take the email list that he had and, you know, start again. And he wouldn't have to start from ground zero. Mm-hmm. I remember that situation happening. And I think the other thing, it's not just that he had the list, because I know a lot of bloggers have feed burner and they know they can probably get to the email subscriber list somehow, but he'd been actively using his newsletter. And, and, and he, he does his newsletter so well. Like a couple things that I really like about it is that he does it in plain text. So it doesn't look like some corporate thing that I feel sort of trained to ignore because it's generally ads from, you know, a website that I shopped at or something, but he, he writes it in plain text or at least looks like plain text. And then he always incorporates the name into it, you know, using, um, I don't know, what do you call it? Just short codes or whatnot. And, and so it just always felt very personal, even though I know it's not, but getting it from him. So I was used, when that situation happened, I was used to getting emails from him. 
even though I don't necessarily subscribe to his blog posts per se, I was used to, you know, getting his autoresponders and all that stuff. And so that when that happened, I was like, oh, and I, you know, I paid attention to it. I followed the story. And that's because I was used to getting his stuff. And so it's not just about having an email list. It's about doing what you do, Amy, and, you know, actively giving value to the people who are subscribed to your list. Right. Yeah, that's definitely my goal. Uh, so um, so that inspired you to start it. How did you know, th- this is the big thing for me, I've wanted to do more email stuff as well, but I have such a hard time knowing the balance between, I have people who subscribe to my blog via RSS uh, email, like email to RSS or RSS to email. So they subscribe via FeedBurner or Mad Mimi or whatever, and they get my blog posts as soon as they come out via email. But then if I also do a newsletter, I don't want to overload subscribers. So how do you handle how do you handle that balance? Well, I have to say that I've really been sort of experimenting with it because I don't want people to be overloaded either. And so basically, I turned off my blog post emails completely. Okay. So and it might be helpful for to go into a little bit of an explanation about the difference between, uh, you know, a newsletter versus somebody who's getting your posts via email. Definitely. Right. So basically, if you, if you have a blog, your blog has a feed and a feed is simply a way of packaging your blog posts so that they're deliverable. And somebody can get that feed, i.e. your new and updated content, in a couple of ways. One of them is to use a feed reader like Feedly or Google Reader was a popular one that's now gone. Or um, Blog Lovin' Mm -hmm. is another popular one. And that's a way of um, basically logging into your feed reader and every blog feed that you subscribe to shows up in your feed reader and you can get all of the blog posts in one spot that you're interested in reading. Now, there's a second option, which is instead of logging into your blog, your reader, your feed reader to get those blog posts, you can opt to have them sent to your email. So there's no login required and you don't have to think about it. They'll just, you know, the the blog owners will just send you the blog posts like you were just describing, Kat, and comes to your email inbox and you know that you're, you know, staying caught up on whatever, what anybody is writing, anybody that you're, you're following what they're writing. Now, a newsletter is, is different as we're talking about it today. For example, my newsletter is different in that it's not connected to my blog. So it's not my blog posts that are going out to people. It's an actual Um, document that I'm creating manually every week that is contains information not on my blog. So I don't know if that sort of sorts it out for people, but that's kind of, those are the differences. Now I forgot your initial (laughs) question. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, uh, well, I think it's I think it's great that you explain the difference because I know it, it can be confusing because email floats back and forth between both of those worlds because if you are signed up for FeedBurner, uh, a lot of times you can set up to have that you know automatically sent to you. So I think it's great to differentiate. So there are blog posts that can automatically be sent to people, and then there's just a separate newsletter that's your separate content that is nowhere else but in that newsletter. It's not on the blog. It's not anywhere else. And so that's, for you, what your newsletter is. So the the original question was, should people should bloggers promote both of those? I know so most bloggers have the RSS to email sign up, a little box on their sidebar that says, sign up to get my posts in your inbox. Well, if we're also suggesting that they have a newsletter as a way to stay in contact with their readers in a different way, how do they balance not sending too much content? I think that's such a great question. And I really think it depends on what you're comfortable with as a blog owner and what you think your audience will be most comfortable with as readers. I don't know that there's one way to do it. What I, in the end, what I decided, well, I I guess it's not quite the end because I really haven't fully decided what I'm going to do. But as I said, I did turn off my blog post um, to email option. And basically, if somebody wanted to know what I was posting on my blog, they would either have to go to my blog or they would have to, um, you know, they could subscribe via a feed reader if they wanted to. But what I've tried to do, and it's kind of been... uh, a little, there's been experimentation in there. What I've tried to do is highlight in each week's newsletter the blog post that I wrote the previous week so that somebody who signs up for my newsletter, not only are they getting the extra tips and the things that I'm doing behind the scenes and the handy tools that I find, that sort of thing, they are also getting a basic rundown of what, I'm, what I've posted on the blog that week. Now, my blog posts are not typically time-sensitive at all, so it works for me. Now, Mm. there are other blogs that have very time-sensitive information. For example, I can think of, you know, deal blogs where there's a deal that comes up and it's only, you know, if you don't jump on the deal right away, you're not going to get in on it. Uh, another, Another type of blog that might not work that way is, you know, somebody who, who posts the news and really, you know, is keeps up on the news that's happening right now. And, you know, well, if, if I post something on Monday and I, and my readers don't get it till Saturday, it's old news, right? So it's not, not really relevant anymore. So that's why I say you really have to decide, you know, you have to decide on your own whether or not it's it's going to work for your readers. I'm really concerned about overwhelming my readers. What what I think is that, and maybe this is just because this is how I feel, less is more to me. I'd prefer to get just a general, you know, rundown of of what did I miss this week, and then I can choose whether or not I want to um, you know, read those posts or whatever. So, so that's why I've opted to run the newsletter like I have. 
you'll get one email a week, maybe two. Sometimes if there is something that I think is really worth highlighting, I might send a second a second newsletter. It's a mini newsletter or, uh, you know, it's, it's not the, it, it's just a really quick note type of thing. Like I did mm-hmm. that, for example, around Black Friday when there were some really great hosting, hosting deals going on, right. you know, that were only good on, on that day, you know, on let's say Cyber Monday. Well, hey guys, this is good till midnight sort of thing. Obviously, if I would have waited until Saturday, it would have been old. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it really depends. And the the thing that I hear from people is that they have way too many things to do. There's a whole lot of noise. And, you know, I just don't want unsubscribers because, man, I like another, another post from Amy, you know, like another, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I, I just and the other thing, too, is that I'm not I'm not consistent in my posting in the sense that I don't post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the dot. You know, sometimes I'll post once a week, sometimes twice, sometimes, you know, it'll be more or less or whatever. So it's, it's hard, you know, if you're expecting it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that's one thing. But if you're like me and I'm kind of all over the map, at least have been up until this point, you know, it's easier for them to market as spam. Right, right. So have you seen a benefit from the newsletter format versus just blogging? I think the biggest benefit that I have found is really internal. I don't know what it is about opening that new blog post window, but <laughs> it gives me so much stress and it it's totally irrational. I think that I think that you know, I try to coach myself out of the the fear that's associated with it and I talk myself down off the cliff and I'm you know, I'm like, this is crazy. Why am I so stressed out about writing a new blog post? But for, for some reason, there's something about it that is really, there's a huge barrier there for me. So writing a blog post causes, you know, a lot of, oh, in Mm -hmm. my, in my head. And, and what I found is that I can whip up a newsletter in the same amount of time that it would take me to write one blog post and sometimes less. So, so in that sense, it's been nice for me because it's, it's a lot less stress for me to do it. So, you know, you know, just one, that's, that's the main thing. And and I'm all about at this point, just doing what works for me. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, another benefit that I've seen, I don't do a regular consistent newsletter, but I do have on inspiredtoaction.com. I have an autoresponder set up. So when, when it says on the sidebar, enter your email address to sign up to get my Maximize Your Mornings ebook for free. And so they do that. And then I have a series of emails that got to them to, you know, say, here's your ebook. And then another email a few days later, hey, hope you like the ebook. Um, here's some more tips on maximizing your mornings and email a few days later. You know, just want to check in, see how you're doing. And then I, I think there's a series of maybe four or five. And then the last one just says something along the lines of, you know, how can I help you? Because everybody has different obstacles and challenges to making the most of their mornings. And so I just want to ask them how I can help them. And and, and so it, I get in, probably an email every every single day, somebody replying 
to that stream. Somewhere, you know, they're somewhere in the process of those autoresponders. And I would say I get an e- at least one email every single day from people answering those questions. And there's just something really personal about email. I do also have it set up where it automatically inserts their name. And, and you know, on one hand, some people might cringe and say, oh, that's not very personal. You're not really sending the emails. Why are you using their name? But I do care about every person that gets the email. And then when they reply to me, we do start a relationship. And as long as I'm replying to that email when they when they respond, um, I, I really like that they get to, I don't know, I, I know I like to see my name in an email when it's from somebody and I'm more likely to open it. And um, and so I just feel like there's a, a connection that you can make with a reader that's a little bit different than blog comments, a, little, a lot more personal because they share a little bit more than they might share on a blog. And a lot of people who might not comment on a blog will reply to an email as well. Yes, I I agree. And that's that's an excellent point. I think that adding the option to, you know, be able to customize your emails like that with a name is great. Um, I didn't start that. I just started as, you know, an email, just give me your email address. You know, it's it's all a balancing mm-hmm. act. You know, do you, you know, for a long time, people were saying, hey, just have somebody enter their email address and no more because the fewer, you know, entries they have to make, the more likely they'll be to sign up. But, but, I think I, if I could go back and do it again, I'd probably do what you did. And, and I agree, it is more intimate. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, our content is different as well. And for everybody listening, it depends on your content also. For Inspired to Action, it's a lot more personal. I'm just personally trying to encourage you know, moms that may feel overwhelmed or discouraged. And so I want them to see their name. I want them to know that I'm for them and that I want to encourage them. And, and your blog is more, you know, more business, not businessy, but you know, it's more like how they blog is. And it doesn't quite need to be as intimate and as personal as, you know, a mom talking to a mom. So, right. so it's, it, you know, it depends on, on your audience, what, how, how valuable I think that extra slot is that people have to fill out that extra hoop that they have to jump through. Um, okay. So bloggers need to have an email list so that they can stay in touch with their readers, and they can develop that more personal connection. Um, How do they get started? Well, I think first you need to decide what type of content you want to give to your readers. I really, really think that it's important to think about how you are wired and, and what works for you. It would be much, much better to just to not have an email list at all than to have an email list but kind of have an ha- have a half-baked email list. Mm. So I would say if you're going to start an email list in addition to your blog, make sure that you have enough content to keep it going. If you want to start one, there are a lot of services that you can use to you know, get one off the ground. There are, uh, Aweber and MailChimp are probably the most well-known and, and perhaps the most popular or well-used. I personally use Mad Mimi. I love it because it's, it's so, it's just so lovely to use. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you, I just feel like, 
Mad Mimi is my friend. I love, <laughs> I love her. She's very helpful. <laughs> you know, creating a, creating a newsletter is quite simple. The interface is nice. The customer service is really amazing. I mean, I, w- I think I was telling you, Kat, it's, it's like, it's almost creepy <laughs> how fast, you know, of a response you get when you send an email or you have a live chat with somebody or something. Now, I will say that Mad Mimi doesn't have all of the bells and whistles that AWeber or MailChimp has because I think they've just been around longer and, you know, they're, they're bigger machines. Mm-hmm. But... um but I'd say it's a great place to start. I pretty much say across the board, whether it's Mad Mimi, AWeber, MailChimp, FeedBlitz is another one that you can do. I've used them as well. And that, that one, you know, I, I didn't, there wasn't anything wrong with FeedBlitz either. I just, I was attracted to the Mad Mimi interface more. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a ton of others as well. Uh, but I'd say all of them probably will let you have the first bunch, I'd say 2,000 subscribers for free. Like you could create a free account. Uh, so it's it's great to just start out. Now, I, actually, I don't know if FeedBlitz allows you to do. Yeah, I'm not sure like about a, a free, you know, a free first 2,000 or whatever. But I know AWeber, MailChimp, and Mad Mimi. I believe all of it. Yeah, I think AWeber is $1. Okay, maybe you're right. To get started. Uh, okay. Um, or maybe 500 and then more than 500 would. I don't know. They're all, yeah. they're all pretty low cost to try out. How's that? Yeah, yeah there you go. Free or, or low cost, mm-hmm. yeah, to try out. And then, so it's just a matter of going there, filling out, you know, filling out an account, your account information and, and getting started. Just, I would just recommend you find the, you know, get started tutorials or the, you know, the beginner the beginner's guide, you know, all of those places will have it to get you set up and started. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would add, I have very, almost sadly, I've used all four of those at some point <laughs> or another. And here here would be my advice. Don't worry about which one has the most features. Right. Unless you're already using those features you already have a plan in place to use those features because I've, I started out at AWeber because lots of people that podcasts that I listen to and blogs that I read say, I said AWeber was the best and I would look at their features and they could do all these things, but I wasn't ready to do all those things. But I thought, well, maybe someday I want to do all those things. So I want to be in there and have it ready. But you know, however many years later, I still don't use those things. So then I went to Mad Mimi and it was nice and simple and I liked it, but then I had these ideas. And so then I moved to MailChimp because I liked the interface better than AWeber and it was more complex, you know, I could do more. Mm-hmm. But then I would just get overwhelmed with my ideas of all the things that I could do. And then I'd run into something that MailChimp couldn't do. So I'm finally, I think, at the point where I'm like, you know what? I just need to send out a newsletter. I just <laughs> need to write something and hit send. And that's really all that needs to happen. And so I'm considering, I'm currently at MailChimp and I have a few things at Mad Mimi, but I'm con- considering moving everything back to Mad Mimi mm-hmm. just because it, you're right, it is simple. Their support is absolutely amazing. Probably the best support I've gotten from any place online that I've ever used. It's it's amazing. You have a question and somebody real answers you right away. And mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, so for everybody listening, if you're trying to decide, you know, who to go with, 
I would say that unless you are already doing some com- something complex somewhere or you have a very specific plan of what you're going to do, I would say go with something simple like Mad Mimi where you can just jump in, get started, and go. Uh, Mad Mimi also can handle your um, email, RSS to email stuff as well if you were wanting to do that instead. And now a reason why you would go with something like that instead of FeedBurner, which does it for free, is with Mad Mimi, you can control the look of it a whole lot more. And uh, and then you have all your emails in one spot. So when you do want to send out a newsletter, you can send it out to your entire list. And in, I would imagine their delivery rate is probably a bit better than FeedBurner. I'm not sure about that for sure. But um, yeah, so, so those would be a few of my thoughts on that. Um, so how do people get people to sign up for their newsletter, Amy? Well, I think there are a lot of um, different tactics that people use. One popular tactic is to give away something for free. Like you were saying, you would give your ebook away for free um, in exchange for somebody to sign up. I think that's a great way to do it. I've, I haven't done that myself, and there's really no reason why I haven't other than uh, I just haven't put something together to give away for free. <laughs> um, the other thing, the uh, the other, the flip side of that, there's always a flip side. The flip side of that is I've heard a lot of people say that people sign up and then they just want the free thing and then they sub- unsubscribe right away to get the free thing. And that's right. where I think that your idea to create an autoresponder Sometimes it's called a drip campaign. I, and Mad Mimi calls it a drip mm. campaign. Is really a great idea because then you know you can you know sort of you can encourage somebody to not just get the the freebie, but you can also encourage them to stick around by your interactions with them. Right. So that is one way. And I think a you know there's another tactic which is to to basically treat your newsletter as a launch. So just like, let's say you were launching a book, you had a book coming out and you put together this launch campaign surrounding your, your new book. I've heard other people talk about how they do the same thing about their, you know, their, their newsletter. I'm launching this newsletter. And so, you know, just like with a book, you might give, <clears throat> excuse me, free copies away, or you might give giveaways that are relevant to the content. You, you know, you might just do kind of a, a, a blitz as far a media blitz as far as posting everywhere you can think of to promote it and having others promote it for you, or in you know giving away, um, you know, an Amazon gift card or something to the people that are promoting for you or whatever, you know, anything like that. So they would just do this huge push, um, right. You know, when they, when they launch, I think another way that I've seen people build their email list is by, uh, presenting, like having a webinar and they, they say, and it kind of is the same idea as, is offering a freebie, but you know, instead of like a PDF or a, an ebook, like you were saying, you know, having a webinar and basically people have to sign up for your list. You have to capture their email address if they want to sign up, if they want to be a part of the webinar. So you, you would present some type of content in the webinar that, you know, 
readers would be interested in. And then you could capture their email addresses that way. So those are some of the ways. And then just promoting it whenever, whenever you get the opportunity, you know, obviously. Right, right. So what kind of content is going to go in a newsletter as opposed to a blog or is it any different? And how do you decide where to draw the line or what to put where? Well, I can speak from my own, you know, my own experience. And my goal is to provide information in my newsletter that is high value to the readers. It's not just, hey, isn't this cool type of thing. But I mm-hmm. want people to um, to get the newsletter. And, you know, just like the name suggests, I want it to be very useful to people. So I've decided to um, concentrate on my blog on the subjects that are a little bit more um, covering the basics, let's say. Right. How to start a blog and things like that. But then in my newsletter, I go a little bit deeper. So I share more, more about, you know, the things I'm finding online that um, I think are really interesting or I think have potential for some people, um, maybe not everybody, but for some people, hey, maybe this idea might work for you. On the blog, I try to keep the blog more, um, my blog posts are more about this is how I've done it and this is how you can do it too, um, you know, step-by-step type stuff. Whereas you know, there's things that I find and things that I think are really interesting that I wouldn't necessarily, you know, make into an entire blog post. So for example, last week I highlighted in the newsletter, this is kind of random, but for me, I don't think it's totally random. <laughs> um, so last week in the newsletter, one of the tips that I, I, shared was this blog post that I found written and I I don't even remember the name of the website now but basically it was explanation about how to use an AMA on Reddit now a lot of people don't know what an AMA is and a lot of people don't even know what Reddit is but Reddit is an extremely popular site that a lot of people um use on a daily basis and it um it basically, I think their tagline is the front page of the internet or, or something like that. But. And they, ha- they have these things on there called AMAs, which are basically ask me anything. And so, it, you know, it, anybody could, could host or be the person who is saying, hey, I'm, a so- I'm so-and-so, ask me anything. And the example I used in the newsletter was that I came across this guy who works at Tufts University in the admissions department. And he said, Hey, my name is Dan. I work in the admissions department at Tufts University. Ask me anything. And so all these people started asking these really interesting questions about, okay, I'm a college senior. What types of things would you want to see on an essay? What types of things don't you want to see on an essay? What's, what are the most memorable things that you've seen on a college application? Basically, what, ke- what gets me accepted and what gets me rejected, you know? Right. Now, that's an example of, to me, a really useful AMA. Now, how does this all tie back to blogging? I saw on there the other day this um, request. Somebody said, I would love for somebody to do an AMA who has 
a blog or a website and they're making, you know, they're actually making a living from it. And, you know, the thing is you have to look outside the box if you're a blogger. Blogging changes constantly. Mm -hmm. And if you're not always thinking about doing something differently, then eventually it's going to be stale because what had, what worked five years ago and, and you saw these big, huge, successful blogs five years ago, you know, it's, that's, that tactic is not going to continue to work because things change too quickly. Right. So my, my, encouragement in, or or my idea in posting this, Hey, why don't you, uh, think about doing an AMA? If, if you're willing to take questions from people, think of the audience that you're going to, to be exposed to that you will, you know, not otherwise have been exposed to, you know, so it's always about offering new information or tips or things that people can think about in the newsletter. And they might go, Oh, wait, I I never thought of that. That's, that sounds like it's right up my alley, you know? So it's more, so the newsletter versus the blog is more of a, um, these are the things I'm doing, or these are the things I'm kind of thinking about doing, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And, um, more in-depth tips. Right. I guess. Some some cutting edge stuff as well. So yeah. I would guess that the idea would be if you're gonna have a blog and a newsletter, to just have a vision for each one and, and a goal for each one. So like for you, the blog is to be more of a how-to, more of a maybe encyclopedia Britannica kind of thing, uh, where people can go and get all the information on how to do stuff, and then your newsletter is more of a maybe a newspaper kind of thing, all the latest um, stuff and ideas that, you know, totally correct me if that's a, a terrible analogy, but um, m- more of the latest stuff, the things that are, are, are newer and cutting edge or, or just, you know, short little ideas and snippets and things like that. So if you're considering starting a newsletter, just make sure that you have a vision for it so that you're not just randomly dividing up content between your blog and your newsletter, but have, have a plan for each one and what you're trying to accomplish. I know that for me, for Inspired to Action with that autoresponder that I have for the Maximize Your Mornings ebook, my my goal is really just to like with the ebook to help moms uh, make the most of their mornings, and so all of the emails in that autoresponder relate to that. Uh, so that you know, I don't do a monthly newsletter or a weekly newsletter or anything like that, but at least even with that autoresponder series that I have, it's just ultimately adding value to the reader and helping them to get to a goal. So really, I know it can be a little confusing thinking about blogging and newsletters, but the idea is just to present whatever our story is, whatever our information is in a bunch of different ways to ultimately help our readers get from point A to point B, whatever those points might be. So for Amy, it might be helping them go from not being a blogger to being a blogger who generates an income for Inspired to Action. Maybe it's to help a mom who feels disorganized in her day go from feeling like that to feeling prepared and planned and prayed up for each day. So um, we're about at the end of our time today, but that's really the, the heart of the whole thing. We're not just trying to add one more thing for you to do, but we're wanting you to see the value of connecting via email with your readers. And it's another way to add value to them and help them walk through a journey to get from point A to point B. Because ultimately, we don't want to just grow our audience. We want to grow our readers and help them grow as bloggers and as people. So um, any last words, any last tips that you have for us, Amy? I don't 
think I have anything really to say other than do what works for you mm. and, you know, find a, find a good, uh, good balance for yourself. You know, we can only, each of us can only put out so much content. So, you know, I would just encourage everybody to be really, um, be really careful about the things that they take on. And just because somebody says, um, you know, you should do it this way or that way, doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it this way or that way. There are a lot of ways to make it work, but it, it really does have to work for you first. Otherwise, you're just going to get burned out. Exactly. Exactly. So where can people find, yeah, I'll, I'll include the link in the show notes, but just for those who want to jump over there right away, where they where can they find your newsletter? Sign up. So you can go to amylynandrews.com and my newsletter sign up is in the um, sidebar or the footer if you're reading on mobile, but it's, it's quite clear there. So, or you can just go to amylynandrews.com slash newsletter. Awesome. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks for sharing all of your wisdom with us today on email lists and stuff. Thanks Kat for having me. It's always fun. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this episode of the How They Blog podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You know, I'd love to know how I can help you. My goal for this show is to help you build a blog that makes a difference. You have words and wisdom that others need to hear, and it's my job to help you spread your message. So if you have any ideas, suggestions, or questions for me, just head over to howtheyblog.com, click the contact button, and send me an email. I would love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to share the love, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a rating or a review on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, just visit howtheyblog.com forward slash love, and I'll show you how. As always, for all the show notes, more interviews, and other resources to help you grow your blog, head over to howtheyblog.com. And until next time, this is Kat Lee, and you've been listening to the How They Blog podcast.